Well, 2021 is here, yeah? That's pretty good. We've made it through 2020. I thought to kind of have some fun, start off with a little bit of humor, um, we should look at some memes of 2020. Memes are like pictures that people make that are kind of funny, and they put some little descriptions on them to kind of maybe evoke some emotion of what 2020 was like. Um, I don't want to discount. I mean, 2020... There was some hard stuff in there, but there was also some really funny memes <laughs> that, that people made that maybe you might relate with, with 2020. And so um, Trisha's just going to put a couple of these up at a time. So here it is. So 2020, every second, but wait, there's more, <laughs> right? You felt like every single time, like, like every week, there was always something new, something different that you're like, are you serious? Like this is happening now? What else is going to happen in 2020? Come on, man. So that's the old infomercial. But wait, there's more, right? Let's, let's, let's see the next one. Ah, yes, a nice cup of 2020. First off, who, like, who makes a cup like that for, for coffee? It's just a nice poke in the eye, right? Yeah, I have a nice cup of 2020. Ah! Just, just doesn't really work very well. Just not, just, not, just not feeling it, right? Let's go to the next one. Here we go. This is the, the, old, the old toilet paper, you know, run on, on the store. So one roll, you know, 4,000 bucks, but you get a free one carat diamond ring with purchase of said roll of toilet paper, right? I'm just kind of curious, just for us in the in-person, who, who ran out of toilet paper during the time? They were like, ah, good. That's great. Or else you're like, I don't want to admit that because <laughs> we had to go to desperate measures. I don't want to relive that time. Um, let's, let's, let's go to the next Waking up every morning in 2020, be like, this is from Princess Bride. Let's see, where were we? Then the bottom is kind of cut off. Oh yes, in the pit of despair. <laughs> Where the grandpa's reading the story to the kid um, for that. Oh yes, the pit of despair. That's what 2020 is like. Uh, we, have, we have another one coming up. If you could just mute yourself during the Zoom meeting, that would be great, Right? I think we all didn't know what the word Zoom really meant before March 2020 hit. And then when that hit, we're like, oh, Zoom's a thing. And we all have to now Zoom <laughs> for our, you know, teaching and all sorts of stuff. And so, and then, of course, I always love, like, when you go in the meetings and nobody's muted and you're just, like, hearing everybody's conversation. You're like, what's going on right now? Yeah. Uh, next one. Historians in 2070 introducing a documentary about 2020. What you're about to see is a nightmare. <laughs> kind of looking back on it. I'm with it. I think, do we have one more? Is it? One more? Yeah. Here it is. So 2019, this is what your ears were like. 2020, face mask. 2021, we're all going to have ears that are just <laughs> flopped out, right, from all the face masks. And I always like... Probably much like you, I have, you know, a bunch of different types of face masks, and I have, like, my favorite one, because it doesn't bend the ears. Then I put the one that I have to wear, because it's, like, really dirty, the other one, and I'm like, ah! I feel like I'm just Dumbo walking through the store and stuff, and it's just the life we live in these days, isn't it? Well, a little bit of humor to start off the year. It's not, it's not a bad thing, right? Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to be starting a new series today. And the series is called Thrive Over Survive. And we obviously changed a year from 2020 to 2021. The reality is it's just a number on a calendar. 
like not a bunch has changed, right? Like the world doesn't completely change from one year to the next. Whether we like it or not, 2021 has no guarantee of improvement from an external perspective, from the outside. It could be another year of just crazy and change and transition and all sorts of things that we have to um, adapt to and change and all those things. But we can control the internal. We can control what happens within our own spirit and our own soul. We can't maybe control the external, but we can control the internal. And so we're gonna do a series called Thrive Over Survive. Because I believe we are destined, we are created to have a life that thrives. And that is a life that is founded in our relationship with Jesus and through core spiritual disciplines, things that we can do within our lives that help center us and bring us back into the heart of who God is. And so for the next five weeks, we're gonna, we're gonna talk through these different spiritual disciplines and how this is gonna encourage us to have a life that thrives rather than just a life that survives. And I, again, I don't wanna discount some of the things that happened this last year. There were some definite moments where we had to survive, that we had to say, man, this is tough, and just work through some stuff. But I truly believe, and as a pastoral staff, and why we're doing this into this new year, is that we are created to have a life that thrives. A life that is not just surviving moment by moment, but a life that is truly rising above and being founded in our relationship with Jesus and being transformed in him so that the external perspectives and the external things that happen won't knock us off, won't bring us down, won't cause us to just go do-do-do-do way down in the dumps, that we would, through the Holy Spirit, be able to have a life that is thriving. So we're gonna be talking about this um, in, in detail the next five weeks. And today, I'm gonna be setting up this series and talking through one of the main core spiritual disciplines, and that's reading our Bible, reflecting on that, and doing some journaling. And one thing that I do wanna also make very, very clear too when it comes to a life that thrives is it's all founded first and foremost in a relationship with Jesus. That outside of that, these things, things that we'll be talking about won't make much sense. They'll be like, wait, what? Kind of like Chad was saying earlier, um, singing through that song, Nothing But the Blood, a person who has not yet said yes to Jesus or had that, that, that moment of like, oh, I, I get what Christ did, his sacrifice, might be like, the blood of Jesus? Like, that's kind of creepy. But when we come to that moment of understanding of like, wow, that is profound, that Jesus gave his life and his blood washed away our sins, you have that moment of like, this is clicking, this makes sense. Same with spiritual disciplines. And we're gonna talk through a bunch of different ones the next five weeks, and there's a whole laundry list. We won't hit every single exhaustive thing of a spiritual discipline, but the ones that we feel are real key and ones that are very attainable as well. Because saying yes to Jesus is just the start. It's not the end of our spiritual journeys. It is just the start. We are called to continue in our training of godliness. And that is where true thriving begins. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 through 10, um, this is Paul writing 
to a young Timothy who was a young pastor in the early church. Um, he is learning how to be a pastor and he's in a very, um, I guess, sexualized culture. And so he's, he's in it. He's in the mix and he's young and people are looking down upon him, all these things. So Paul has given him some really good advice. And here's what he says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, 7 through 10. He says, don't waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life into the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle, for our hope is in the living God, who is the savior of all people, and particularly of all believers. So what Paul is saying here is, don't waste your time about all the things that's happening around you, all these different ideas and old wives' tales and all these political conversations. He's basically saying like, be devoted to the training of godliness, being right rooted into who God is and what he has for us. See, the key to thriving in life and into this year of 2021 is walking in the hope we have in Jesus and then continuing to train for godliness. And Paul is giving a really good framework here in this section. He's not saying, do this, do this, do this, do this, and if you do this, you're the worst person in the world. He's just basically saying like, don't waste your time. Like, here's, here's, here's your framework to work in. Those things are just a waste of your time. You could do them, but you're literally wasting your time. He's saying, I would train for godliness because you're gonna have benefits in this life, the here and now, which is probably more peace, more joy, and a life that it feels is thriving. And you're gonna have benefits in the life to come as well. So he's given us the framework be devoted to the training of godliness. And as Christ followers, we are called to continue on in our, Christ, in our, in our Christian life, to fan into flames the gifts of the Holy Spirit that have been given to us, and to be disciplined or to train ourselves in God. And that's what we're going to be talking about the next five weeks, are the transformational power of spiritual disciplines. So as we move forward, I think it'd be good to lay a baseline of what is a spiritual discipline. Like, what is this that we're talking about? What is this word, spiritual discipline? And just this last um, quarter in, in, in the fall, I was a part of a class, and we helped kind of develop a definition as a class for what a spiritual discipline is. This is what we came up with. We said, spiritual disciplines are any self-imposed habit or practice that assist us in focusing on Christ. So any self-imposed habit or practice that assists us in focusing on Christ. It's a little broad. Our definition doesn't say it's only Bible reading and praying and this and that. It's saying any self-imposed habit or practice that assists us in focusing on Christ. That's the end goal is to focus on Jesus. It's not about focusing on a good communicator or somebody who wrote some really good one-liners, we're like, oh man, that person is so good. It's about focusing on Jesus. Those things can help us come to the foot of the cross, but it's about focusing on Christ, not on other people, but focusing on Jesus. 
And I think it's good and key to use the word discipline as well. It's a word that we might not use a lot in our culture because it could have like negative connotations because we get hurt when people are like, you didn't do that right. And you're like, but I got a gold medal for everything I did. So what are you telling me? I'm wrong? Yeah, you are wrong. Um, but, but discipline is key because it takes us to put some work in. It takes some discipline. We live in a culture where everything is easy. Like here's the easy button, do this, do that. And we're good to go. In five minutes, you can have a meal in your Instapot that is gourmet, right? We're always looking for the quick, easy, all those things. Which by the way, Instapots are amazing. We love them in our household. It makes cooking really easy. Um, Or like for me, every year I'm like, I'm gonna buy that gym membership. I buy it, never use it. And I'm like, why am I not transformed like they show on on the TV screen? Oh, I didn't put the work in to actually like have the transformation, right? So discipline is key because we have to put work into what we are doing. So any self-imposed habit or practice that assists us in focusing on Christ. A book that I read this last um, quarter is by an author named Donald Whitney. His book is titled Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. And spoiler alert, his book was exactly what his title said it was. (laughs) And he has this quote in there that kind of helped me just reframe spiritual disciplines in, I think, the right way. He says this, God has given us the spiritual disciplines as a means of receiving his grace and growing in godliness. By them, we place ourselves before God for him to work in us. A lot of times in my own personality, I feel like I have to achieve things to gain approval from either other people or from God. And what is being said here is spiritual disciplines aren't a way for you to prove that you should be loved by God or a way for you to like earn more salvation. It's truly submitting yourself to the grace of God that he has given us these things his word and prayer and solitude and evangelism and all sorts of disciplines. He has given us these things by his grace so that we can come under him and be transformed into the likeness of him. It's us placing ourselves under him. It's not us saying, I've done all these things, look how good I am. It's us coming before God and saying, Lord, I need you. I wanna be more like you. I wanna grow in the faith and the love that you have so I can love others well. See, spiritual disciplines, again, are a way of receiving his grace and growing in godliness because we place ourselves before God for God to work in us, not for us to earn everything and to show how good we are and how great we are. It's an avenue for God to work in us. We use the phrase a lot of times, um, Faith ownership. And what we mean by that here at CFC is be disciplined. Like put the work in and not to sound a little like whatever, like pushy, like a coach, but don't be lazy. Like truly, truly put the work in to this faith journey that you're on. Put some spiritual disciplines in there so that you can truly come underneath who God is and be transformed. If our church gatherings are like the only place that you're growing in your relationship, I just don't think that's a super wise rhythm to have. We should be gathering together, but that's not the only time. If we were to say this is like the, 
the Thanksgiving meal where we're all together and we're having a good time and learning from God's word. That's great. And you might have a day or two of leftovers from that big Thanksgiving meal. There's more days in the week that you need to be feeding yourself with the word of God and feeding yourself and just submitting yourself to who God is. So we wanna encourage us as a church to incorporate spiritual disciplines so that we can be a people that are truly thriving and showing transformation. Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, he says it in Colossians, he really gives this theme that um, the way people were coming to Christ in the early church was not because they had really cool lights <laughs> or really cool music. or He didn't say that exactly. But what he said is the transformation of lives is what was bringing people to Christ. People are like, wow, I saw that person two weeks ago. They are completely different. There's something different about them. That's because Christ is transforming them. And as you submit yourself to spiritual disciplines, you continue to be transformed. I mean, like P90X, the workout things, people buy that because they see transformation. They're like, wow, that person went from that to that? And it's not Photoshopped, edited? That's amazing. It probably is Photoshop edited, just saying. Um, but right transformation is what draws people in. That's what Paul says time and time again. It's a transformation. It's the aroma of Christ in our lives that brings people in to submit themselves to Jesus as well. And so in the start of 2021, we want to really be intentional in starting some spiritual disciplines as a church body that helps us not only know Jesus more, but help others know Jesus and to live for him daily. That's our mission. And these spiritual disciplines are key to helping that mission be lived out in every part of our life. Now I'm gonna just kind of talk through, um, not quickly, but I'm not gonna expand immensely on what it means to, to read the Bible and to reflect on that and to then uh, journal as well. Because I think a lot of it is somewhat self-explanatory. Um, it kind of reminds me of the, the old Geico commercials. It's so easy a caveman can do it. Um, where I think it's just like, Bible, good. Not reading Bible, bad, right? Like we want to be reading our Bibles because it's the transformational word of God. So I wanna do, I wanna just pray right now before we get into that part of, of the conversation. Um, and then I'm gonna talk through our reading plan that we are gonna do as a church as an opportunity that you can jump aboard and, and, and be a part of. We're not saying you have to do this. This is like, this is not canonized scripture. This reading, well, it is canonized scripture. We're reading the Bible. Let me back up there. Um, but we're not saying this is like the end all be all of, of a reading plan. This is an opportunity for you to be a part of. So I wanna pray for us. Then we're gonna get rolling with a little bit more of just talking about what it means to read the Bible. So Lord Jesus, we again just submit ourselves to you and um, God, you have given us your word. You have given us that truth so that we can be transformed from the inside out. That we can allow that truth to correct us and to show us what is wrong and that we can grow from it. So Jesus, we just pray this in your mighty name that today as we even talk through some of, your, some of your word, Lord, that we would just be open to the truth that it has for us, Lord, your truth. Praise your name, amen, amen. Uh, one thing I wanna mention quickly too, um, I had it in my notes and I wanna make sure I don't forget it, is 
Talking about spiritual disciplines and some next steps within our faith, we're gonna do water baptisms at the end of this month. So on January 31st, we're gonna have water baptisms. If this is something that um, you are wanting to do or have yet to do in your faith journey as like a next step, let's do it. Let's have you sign up for it and let's, let's baptize you. Um, it's been a long time since we've done some baptisms here at church just through the quarantine and just the difference of rhythms that we've been having as a church. And so we wanna make a point to put it on the calendar. So uh, January 31st, we're gonna be having baptisms on that Sunday. And baptism is truly a, a, a moment for you as a Christian to say, I'm all in for Jesus. It doesn't make you a better Christian or a more powerful Christian. It is symbolism showing that you were dead in your sins and when you come out of the water, you are alive in Christ. You are united with Christ in that truth that you are dead to your sins. And so this is a step of obedience as a Christian where you say, hey, I want the world to know that I'm a Christ follower. So that's what baptism does. It's like this coming out part. You're saying, this is me. I am all in for Jesus. And so we wanna encourage you, if that is you, to, to sign up for a baptism. Out in the, uh, in the comments for our in-person people, you can um, go to a little next steps table and talk to someone there. Um, if you're at home, email us. Email us at info at and we'll get in contact with you and talk more about baptism, hear, um, hear more of your story and just what God is doing in your life um, at this moment. So I wanna make sure that I say that. All right, God's word. So like I was saying before, I think as Christ followers, we all agree it's important to read the Bible. That's something that we should be doing. It's what God calls us to do. And it's really essential. So our first point this morning is God's word is essential. In this culture of what's essential, what's non-essential, God's word is essential, like 24-7. This is something that should be a part of our daily rhythms, weekly rhythms, just our life rhythms, because it is transformational. And Elsa shared a little bit in the, in the Kidder Mission time, but uh, at CFC, we hold to the authority of Scripture. We find this in 2 Timothy 3.16. The Scripture says this, that all Scripture is inspired by God. It is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good word. Also in Hebrews, the writer says, the word of God is living and active. It is sharper than a two-edged sword where it could really go between bone and marrow, which means it goes deep into your soul. God's word through the Holy Spirit completely transforms us. And it's for everybody a little bit different. We could be reading a section of scripture and for some reason that just really speaks to this person in a whole different way because their life situation is going this way. For this person, it might speak differently because for their life situation, it's going a whole different way. But God's truth always brings us back to him and the truth of Jesus. So God's word is essential. It transforms us. And it's essential to have a life that thrives. So we're talking about thriving over surviving if we're not incorporating God's word into our rhythms, we're already saying, I don't want a life that thrives. And this is not to like put a hammer down on anything because even as pastors, we are no better or different. It doesn't matter your circumstance, your environment. In a recent Barna poll, um, they were polling pastors in the last couple of years around the nation 
there is a growing, growing statistic that pastors are not reading their Bible and are not praying. It's scary. It's like upwards in the 40% of pastors in churches are like, yeah, I just do the sermons and do all that stuff and whatever. It's like, whoa, that's scary stuff, right? So our culture is slipping more and more. And so we gotta be more intentional and more disciplined, like we were talking about earlier, to incorporate our rhythms of Bible reading into what we are doing in life. I remember as a, as a youth pastor um, of junior high students about eight or 10 years ago, um, just the culture of students is always interesting. And I just felt like I was talking to brick walls a lot of time, like, is anything translating? But I had this thought when Instagram was really becoming a thing and social media, a lot of my students were just all about it. And I realized that like Taylor Swift was their pastor, <laughs> like I wasn't. And I was like, wow, like whatever we are consuming on the regular is gonna transform who we are. If we're not consuming truth, the absolute truth of God's word, we're not gonna be transformed into who God has for us, into people that truly thrive. Psalm 119, it's the largest psalm, it has 176 verses. And the theme of this psalm is really about God's word being essential for life. That to have a life that is thriving, even under hard circumstances, requires God's word. So I wanna read through a section. What's kind of cool about this psalm is it's built in stanzas that go along with the Hebrew alphabet. So there's a bunch of, you know, like kind of subheadings that you'll see in your Bible. And um, the Jews actually use this to help their kids learn about the alphabet, the Hebrew alphabet, but they're also memorizing the importance of God's word and scripture. So it says this in a section I thought just fits well into our conversation this morning. In Psalms 119, 81 through 88, it says this, I am worn out waiting for your rescue, but I have put my hope in your word. Have we been worn out waiting for rescue? Yeah. My eyes are straining to see your promises come true. When will you comfort me? I am shriveled like a wineskin in the smoke, but I have not forgotten to obey your decrees. How long must I wait? When will you punish those who persecute me? Those arrogant people who hate your instructions have dug deep pits to trap me. All your commands are trustworthy. Protect me from those who hunt me down without cause. They almost finished me off, but I refused to abandon your commandments. In your unfailing love, spare my life. Then I can continue to obey your laws. What stuck out to me, and I read through this a couple of times this week, was this heart of like, life is a struggle, and the author during this time is in a big time struggle. But the hope was in God's word. They refused to go away from God's decrees. So in times when we are worn out, we feel like the life around us is just pressing us down, we should be reminded of the hope that we have in God's word, his truth. And what I love in verse 88, it says, in your unfailing love, spare my life then I can, can continue to obey your laws. His response, the author, is 
When I come out of this season of heartache, my first thing is to go right back into your word. I'm not just using this as like a jumping spot during the hard times to get to the good times. No, we're using God's word 24-7 in the good and the bad because there's truth in it, transformational truth that is always relevant. Jesus in his ministry makes it very crystal clear. He says in Matthew 7 in the parable of the solid foundations or firm foundations, however you want to say it, he says, if you're not following my teachings, he's God, so this is God's word. If you're not following them, he says, you're a fool. He literally just says, you're a fool if you're not gonna follow my teachings. He said it's much like a person who builds a house on a sandy foundation. He says, when the storms come, not like if, he says, when life gets hard, because it will get hard, we've all been through hard times. When life gets hard, that foundation, it's gone. You crumple and you're wasted away. But if you build your life, you follow my teachings, the words of Jesus, the word of God, your house is like built on a solid foundation and you will last. You will be having a life that is not only surviving, but thriving during those storms of life. The spiritual discipline of reading and responding to God's word is essential for a life that thrives. Like I said earlier, it's so easy a caveman can do it. Bible good no Bible bad. (laughs) Or Jesus says, you're a fool if you're not putting God's word as a part of your rhythms. Now, another part of this discipline of reading God's word is also responding to God's word. One of the best ways to do that is through journaling. And so um, I've labeled it as spiritual journaling. And I wanna kind of just quickly give some distinctions. Spiritual journaling is not a diary. It is not what you know, young girls talk about, you know, this boy in this class, and he said hi to me, and the locker wouldn't open, and uh, it's not that. Um, spiritual journaling is truly writing. Let me get to my notes, make sure I say it correctly, because I have the definition in here. It is a purpose to record the spiritual lessons and moments that you learn along the way from reading God's word. It's that, it's that place where you say, wow, God is doing this in my life. Or God is answering this prayer. Or I'm praying for this person. Or man, reading through this in this section of scripture, here's what God is speaking to me in this place. Is, is where you can just write out what is happening in your life, the spiritual lessons and spiritual moments that God is revealing through his Holy Spirit to you. Now, I want to be transparent. I am not a great journaler at all. That's just something that I've always struggled with and I just don't do a good job. When I'm given like a devotional journal, like what we did this last season with the church with um, 1 Corinthians or the Advent journal, I could do that. I love that stuff. It's like laid out for me. I see it as like a task to like, you know, do. But on my own personal, I have my own journal and I use it and I'm just being honest, like five to 10 times a year. But even in those five to 10 times, I'm always amazed. I'm always like, Cooper, you should journal more. Like, what an idiot, man. But I'm always like, wow, like, it's so cool to see what God was doing three years ago when I was writing in my journal and just kind of having a moment to just be with Jesus and writing that out. 
And I love seeing how God just not only shows his faithfulness, but just shows how much transformation he is doing in our own lives as we record those spiritual lessons and those spiritual moments that we have. So there's 10 quick things. I won't have them up on the slides, um, but just things that um, through just a class about spiritual journaling that I was a part of, um, that this can help promote doing the, the, the rhythm of spiritual journaling is it can help us in self-understanding and evaluation, can help us to focus on God and to listen and reflect in expressing thoughts and feelings to the Lord, to recall prayers and recognize answers to prayers, to remember the Lord's work, kind of like a marker stone of saying like, man, the God, was fa- God was faithful in this moment years ago. Stimulate to maintain a good relationship with others. Creating and uh, persevering a spiritual heritage. And clarifying and articulating insights and impressions. To monitor goals and priorities. And to maintain commitments and priorities. And so as I was even working through this stuff the last couple of days and getting this message ready to go and talking about not only reading God's word but spiritual journaling, I was like, all right, Coop, let's do this thing. Let's, let's be intentional. Let's be disciplined. Let's actually be a part of this process of reflecting and seeing the spiritual lessons and moments that God is doing in your life. Let's not just say, oh, I'm not a journaler, so who cares? Let's actually be intentional. So I want to even just say, like, in front of you guys, that I'm going to be intentional in this. It's not a strong suit of mine. So I'm going to really put some effort in there because um, I really believe it's important. It's something that is, is a space where we can see the transformational power of God doing his work through the Holy Spirit in our lives. So reading God's word and spiritual journaling, we, we understand these are key things to have in our life. And I wanna quickly just talk through the how. Like how do we do this? Because now that we know that it's important, how do we go about it? Reading your Bible we might have our own methods. Um, we've talked about the SOAP method, scripture, observation, application, prayer. Um, for me, I like to just answer what, why, how. But we're gonna do as a church, um, read, respond, or read, reflect, respond. So we're gonna read scripture, we're gonna reflect on it, then we're gonna respond to the truth that God has for us. Now, in our in-person gatherings, on every other chair, we have this little packet of reading plans and all sorts of stuff. So what we have in there is our 77-day Bible reading challenge. For those of you who are at home, we have more of these available, but we also on our website currently right now, you can go to cheneyfacecenter.org and we have a little tab that says 77-day Bible reading challenge. Click on that, you can download the reading challenge PDF so you can be on the same page. What we're gonna be doing is having 77 straight days of reading our Bible. And so we have in this little packet, uh, and I had, I think on the screen, um, we have a little like a screenshot of one of the bookmarks. We have bookmarks that have each day, so you can check that off if you're a checkoff type of person. Um, we have different sizes, so you can put one on a fridge if you want, or one in your bathroom mirror, or wherever, or put one in your Bible. Um, but then also on the back of the little bookmarks, We have kind of just like, here's some quick hints and tips to help read the Bible. So it's the read, reflect, respond. 
And there's a little write-up, and we have a screenshot. Yep, that's right there as well on the screen. So at home, you can probably see that as well. Where it just helps you, when you're reading through Scripture, to have a bit of a guide to get more out of it. And there's really two big questions that this kind of centers around. The first question being, what truth does God want me to know? And then also, how does God want me to live? That's a good thing to reflect with. Like, what truth does God want me to know? That's a good reflection question. And then the next one for a responding question is, how does God want me to live? Like, knowing what I know, how should I be living my life? Based on what I just read from God's word. So it's read, reflect, respond. So this 77-day reading challenge is an opportunity for you to jump upon. It's not saying this is the only thing you have to do to be, a, to be the best Christian ever. No, if you already have devotions that you're doing, either as an individual or as a family, keep going with that. If you're using version with some other friends, the little Bible app, keep doing that. Like, if you already have a rhythm, just go forward full steam with that. If you don't, if you're looking for a rhythm, here's one for you that we're gonna be doing. And we also are gonna have um, some other opportunities to help kind of digest the scripture. One of them is challenge groups. Challenge groups are going to be just Zoom meetings that you can join. And we're going to have three different opportunities um, throughout the week. And so they're up there on the screen. So we'll have Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m., Wednesday mornings at 6.30 a.m., and then Saturdays at 9 a.m. You literally go onto Zoom, you click join meeting during that time, and you type in, we made it really simple, our church's phone number. That's our meeting ID is 509-235-4282. And we'll have a couple people hosting and they'll let you in. And that's just a place to discuss scripture. This is not to replace your already, if you have one, life team or relational environment or anything like that. If you already have a place where you're talking about scripture or with your household, keep doing that. This is an opportunity for those, if you are like, I don't have a place to talk with others about scripture, this is it right here. And it's not like once you join, you have to now join for the rest of 77 days. Pop in whenever you want. If you miss a couple weeks, that's all right. This is an opportunity for you to just jump in, talk about some scripture, maybe we'll pray together, just check in about life. But we wanna really just encourage that we're doing something within this spiritual discipline of reading God's word and responding with God's word. Also, if you need reminders about this, we're gonna have a separate texting group set up through our church texting service. So if you text, um, I think we have a slide coming up, the word Bible to 43506, that'll put you in a text group that every day will send out a reminder that says, here's today's reading. And you might be like, that sounds like a lot. Well, if you need that discipline, that reminder, this is your step. And for me, I need that a lot of times. Because in the mornings with two small kids, our routines are never the same. <laughs> and really the only like safe place that I have for a few minutes is the bathroom. <laughs> to be like, I can read the Bible for a couple minutes. This is great, right? And so it's good to have reminders because sometimes the day just gets away from you. But if you have that text reminder, you're like, oh, that's right. Like, that's what we're reading today. You can sign up for this texting service and we'll send out a, a little reminder every day for you. Like, here's today's reading. You can opt out of this whenever you want. If you get super annoyed and you're like, I'm out of here, just respond with stop on your cell phone 
and you'll get out of the little Bible group so you don't get those daily reminders. But we want to really encourage, hey, let's do this, right? If we want to thrive into 2021, let's do this thing. Let's put in some of the, some of the disciplines. Let's put in some of the work so that we can truly have a life that is thriving in 2021, not just surviving. So then the last little thing too that I want to just uh, mention again, I kind of mentioned it before, is when should I read the Bible? And I want to encourage you, find the time throughout your day. A lot of times people say it's only, or not only, but in the morning is the best. If you're not a morning person, don't do the morning. If you're like, I can't even think straight, like do it at night. I'm more of a night owl person, so I kind of come alive at night. That's a lot of times where I have some clear space to do either write my message or doing homework or just reading the, 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 um, God's word, do it at night. But find a place that you can have a rhythm to really get into God's word where you can read, reflect, and respond with God's word. So I want to encourage you uh, to get one of these packets. We have extras here for our in-person gatherings. For those of you who are at home, um, go to our website. You can download those PDFs. Uh, or else you can stop by the church. Um, also, you might be looking at this piece of paper. It's like a little uh, um, puzzle piece. What it is, is every little piece has that day's scripture. So, um, and it's dated, it's so like 1-4, it's Samuel 16 and Psalm 8. If you read that, color it in. And you start the whole process of eventually getting the whole thing colored in. So if you like doing that to see your progress, that's a little way for you to do that. So, if you like coloring on those things. So we have extras of those as well that you can grab. And um, we, again, want to just promote um, just the intentionality to start this year off to be a life that is thriving, not just surviving. So I'm going to pray for us. I know this last part of the message was more like informational, like here's how we do all this stuff. But I think it's just good to get on the same page as we move forward into this new year that we would truly... Um, just dig in to these spiritual disciplines to have a life that is thriving rather than just surviving. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that we can again gather and Lord, that we have your word, that we have your absolute truth, which we so desperately need. In our culture where your truth is your truth and it's all just cloudy and hazy, God, we need the absolute and that is your word, the authority of your scripture. So Lord, we just submit ourselves to it. We place ourselves underneath it and we are led and guided by your word in all things. So God, we give you praise and thanks that you communicate us, that you communicate to us through your word, that we have that relationship with you, Jesus. So God, open our hearts and our minds whenever we crack open that, that Bible, that we would see the transformational power in it through your Holy Spirit. God, we give you again thanks and praise in all things and we know that as we're founded in you and when life hits us, which life will hit us, when we are founded in our relationship with you and we continue on in our spiritual disciplines, we know that we will have a life that is thriving no matter the circumstances. So God, we pray this in your mighty, mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, so if you need more of these little Bible reading packets, we have some on the back table in the Next Steps area. Also reminder, the 31st of January, baptisms. If you want to get baptized, reach out to us, talk to somebody at the Next Steps table or email info at cheneyfacecenter.org and we'll start the process. So, all right, have a good blessed day. We'll see you later.